911, what's your emergency? 75 men around our building and they're shooting at us in Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel? Yeah, tell them there are children and women in here and to call it off. All right, all right. Uh, hello? I hear gunfire. Oh, shit. Hello? Who is this? Hello? Call it off! Who is this? Hello? Hello? Welcome. To the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Joshua, and the Illumamami herself, Miss April. And on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Waco Incident. Well, before we get into the wacky Waco lives of the past 90s, how are you guys doing? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Stupid our, cat. Our producer cat, Chewy, just decided to jump right into Larry's audio. Right onto my mixer. I'm surprised he didn't knock everything out. Oh, Don't there's know. time. If I can turn back time. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Well. Um. Good. Good. Okay. Good. I'm fantastic. Wow. Times are scary. Bring right? it down a notch. Yes, definitely. It's weird because as a kid growing up in the 90s, even after Waco and even Oklahoma City, I never felt scared. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, eh, that's TV. Yeah. Right. TV can't. <laughs> yeah. TV can't reach out and slap me for talking back. Stupid TV. TV loves me. And TV shows me VR Troopers, which is what I gamed for. Mm. And had a big bowl of Fruit Loops. Mm. I love my MTV. Of course. I mean, I understand that then, but now with the uneasiness nowadays, the people in charge everywhere, North Korea, South Korea. It's the 24 hours news cycle. That's what's doing it. Goddamn 24 hour news cycle, ladies and gentlemen. So today, we changed the scale, folks. Okay. Which is more terrifying, is the question to start this. The extreme religious or the government? Whoa, man. Now, I want to give a quick little word to anybody who gets offended, especially when we talk about religion. No one is going to say. He's looking at you, Jose. No, ah, we're looking. At, we're, we're looking. We're looking at everyone that listens to this, and if if they take offense to anybody poo pooing anybody's particular religion, understand we as a podcast believe in everybody's right to freedom of religion, and no one is talking down on your particular outcome. Our out your out view, especially religiously. This is really about something that we see today when it comes to like say cults or mm-hmm. the kind of things that like the Jim Jones 
scenarios, but my question stands, what, what frightens you more, the extreme religious or the government? And I'm going to go to April, since she's always so good. Boy, aren't they kind of one and the same? Really? I mean, I don't know. They're both terrifying. I think um, if you look at who, boy, it's tough because government holds the power. But I think as far as people being involved, I think religion has a more active group, like a, a group of people who follow a certain religion have more power to change things than people who follow a certain political affiliation because really in politics it's essentially just left up to the political leaders agreed larry government has checks and balances also the government is the people true which is frightening Mm -hmm. um and religion the i go with government they got fucking tanks right on josh i'm gonna go with religious extremists the reason I say that over government is you can have ex- people that are extremely religious and that are the the type to push it on other people get into the government and they can push their agenda, their religious agenda and yeah, checks and balances. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is you also have a lot of religious extremists are the ones that can get their hands on weapons. I mean, look at, say, ISIS. Right. They can get their hands on those weapons still and cause a whole lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Which the government sells them. <laughs> yeah, which is, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think both are terrifying, but... Uh, you can run into a religious extremist on the street, whereas a government official, not so much. And there's going to be way more people that are extremists for the religion versus politicians. And I think a lot of people like to blame things on politicians a lot quicker than they're going to blame them on their pastor or their um, <clears throat> or their friend who seems to be talking to God directly. Because nobody wants to come up to say anybody randomly and just say, "Hey, dude, you're fucking nuts, bro. You don't have a you don't have an iPhone that connects to Buddha or 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 uh, Satan or whatever whatever you believe in." So it's always a little creepy. And I will say, in my opinion, yes, ex- a religious extremists always scare me a little bit more. I know the government. I know the government has tanks, but in the same sentence, like the people that do some of the worst. Um, travesties known to man nowadays. It's all based on religion. And that's my two cents. So take it or leave it. Understand that that's just what I have to say. So before we dive into this, do you guys know anything about the Branch Davidians, David Crash, or the ATF? No. Not yeah. really? I do. Just a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> why would we cover this shitstorm that launched a million homegrown militia and terrorists in the U.S.? What happens when you cross when you cross the devout, deeply religious in the U.S. government? Well, we're going to find out. Mm. So, do you guys remember when Waco happened? Oh yeah, where were you? What happened? high school? High no, school? wait, junior high. Junior Sorry. high. Was it a big deal at the time? No, wait, that happened in ninety three. That was high school. Ninety three. Yeah, it was. This would have been February to because we had a TV in the um, 
the main foyer of our school. I just wanted to use the word foyer. And okay. it was pretty. In it, but it was playing. <clears throat> I remember the whole drama kept playing out like on that TV. Right on. And this would have been... You motherfucker. <laughs> Chewy, the audio engineer, decided to jump up again. Okay. Here. Lay down here. If you're an asshole, you go to prison. Kitty prison. Pussy prison. Be, be good boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I would have been only eight years old. And so... Fuck. I... <laughs> I honestly, I don't, it's not like, I could tell you every last damn detail about 9-11, where I was, what I was doing, I could tell you everything about that, but I was also a senior in high school when 9-11 happened. When you're eight, most world uh, events, all you're thinking about is going home and playing Street Fighter. I have to agree with him. That's kind of what I meant to say with the whole 90s mm-hmm. like era of news. It was just like, whatever, Bill Clinton's the president, and he's sleeping around. Cool. He's getting slobbers. <laughs> and yeah, you would have been, what, four? I was four. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton. Low jobs. I, I, have daughter, <laughs> I have daughters older than that. So. Good Lord. Anyway, over a 51-day clusterfuck starting February 28th, 1993, and ending in April 19th, 1993... 76 men, women, and children died in and around a compound called Mount Caramel. No candy mm. involved. Oh, bummer. By the way, caramel is delicious on ice cream. Whoa, 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 whoa. Or on some girl's tits. No. Uh, let's take a quick, oh. quick survey. We have to do it. Is it caramel or caramel? It's caramel. I, said, I said caramel, right? You said caramel. Caramel? I like saying caramel too. It does it sounds fancier? It's a good yeah. stripper name. You know, if if someone came up to you, would you like caramel or caramel on your Sunday? I wouldn't even question. I'd be like, oh, it's two separate things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the answer is always yes. Yes, yes Ugh. to both. Yeah, no. I, I I'm like, what's your favorite ice cream Sunday topping? Well, that's a good question. <sighs> but well, hold on. Going back to the original, I oh, would that's say sure we should get through that. How first. about well, what about you, April? I'm caramel. 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 I like saying caramel, but I can. I find myself because of my loose lower beer tongue saying caramel occasionally. <laughs> Is it too. one of those things that you flip flop on? Because I can never. I sometimes I, I say, sometimes I say bagel, and sometimes I say bagel. bagel. Like it comes You're out both wrong. ways. So Cauliflower. Aaron always likes it because I call it cauliflower. I don't Cal- say cauliflower. I don't say caramel very ca- often. Cauliflower. Cal- Cal- cauliflower. 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 The great Cal- cauliflower. <laughs> Uh, uh, ice cream <laughs> toppings, though. Yeah, uh, you know I'm. Uh, I I do love some gummy worms, mm. but oddly enough, uh, because we have a lot of those frozen yogurt places around, one thing that I love to put in it is fruity pebbles. You're. Okay. Whatever. Chocolate. Cho- uh, nothing. The answer is nothing. Just give me vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I can take it. Yeah. See, I like the caramel. Like caramel. I'm with caramel, too. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Fudge and caramel. Wow. With nuts. I like to get Ugh. my diabetes all in one <laughs> unit. Just cut my foot off right now. <laughs> Jesus. So, Koresh, uh, the, these, this, this, uh, Compound was originally a part of the Seventh Day Adventist. Sorry, 
These guys believed that a final Messiah would come, Jesus too, or our buddy David Koresh. Jesus too, the legend of Curly's Gold. Who before said incident <laughs> was a boy. Now, David Koresh was a before this was actually named Vernon Wayne Howell. He was also known mm. as Mr. Retardo in grade school. <laughs> He didn't have the best upbringing. His mom was a dropout, and he was gang raped by boys at eight years old. Yowza! Jeez, in the butt. Which that's sad. But then again, that's sixties, seventies. Like, boys, like somehow made it okay. Boys, boys, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying they don't have access to Pornhub. I kind of, I mean, they're confused. But if sex. there's a, if if the leader of the group of boys is also gay, and he's like, hey kids, let's rape you, motherfucker. Okay, this cat. Is gonna go on the wall, Chewie. He's like, I just want to be in the middle of this guy. Chewie's a big conspiracy fan, actually. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, by the time that Koresh, or we'll say Vernon, was twenty-two, he became saved, and it was all about God Ooh, and religion after that. Ooh, but he did also, on the side, play guitar and was considered a local musician, which is a big deal, Ooh, guys. I don't know musician. if you know this, but I know some musicians. <laughs> <laughs> at some point he befriended an old lady of 77 who led and preached for the branch davidians and yeah, soon she- yeah there she is <laughs> and soon after became her main focus as leader of the church so i'm thinking he kind of banged her a little bit oh that that david koresh i tell you knew how to lay pipe <laughs> he, he knew how to twinkle her toes mm. like, he knew how to make her toes curl at least um she gave me a prolapsed vagina which by the way she had a son <laughs> Her son was uh, a big, you know, face in that church, and he assumed he was going to take over. Well, it didn't make her happy or didn't make her son happy when she started dating Koresh. And then inevitably. Oh, my God. They were dating. Yeah. I thought you were kidding. No, 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 no. There was there. Maybe they weren't outwardly dating. Now, there is a famous quote from Koresh. She's probably got a tight pussy. Hey, maybe. (laughs) So there's a famous quote where he says, I am God. But that was misconstrued by the media because it was a fragment of a sentence where they were asking him, you know, did you get a 70 year old woman pregnant? And he said, if Mm -hmm. I can get a 70 year old woman pregnant, I am God. So they misconstrued that media fucks up again. There you go. Anyway, at some point, um, this rivalry started to get more intense. And um, this kid, her son, actually went to jail for murdering someone who said that David Crush was the Messiah. Whoa. No joke. I guess if you know how to play with grandma's cookies, well, you get thrown. So, well, they are the best kind of cookies. Yeah. At least, you know, she made good cookies. Mm hmm. So um, before there was this incident, I, I want to pause and take a segue over to the side a little bit from our tale about Mr. Retardo and focus on a little story called Ruby Ridge. Now, this story, it happened in August of 1992, and it was a real serious pre- precursor to a lead up of some r- serious government hate in the people. And it's, you know, it feeds right into Waco. Now, Ruby Ridge there is this really great article on history.com that breaks this all down in a on this day august 22 they explain this whole shit show and it is it is a shit show it is 
Um, so, okay, I want you guys to kind of picture this. Now, do you guys know anything? I mean, I know, Larry, you brought yeah. this up to me, but do you two know anything, April and Josh, about Ruby Ridge? No. Okay. No. A lot of real serious anti-government pro-America guys will cite this as a big reason why we need limited government. Uh, yeah. And this makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in the second day of a standoff at Randy Weaver's remote northern Idaho cabin, there was a sharpshooter named Lon Horichu. Horizontite. <laughs> Hor- <laughs> what is it? Let me see it. Horichi. Horichi. Okay, we're going to call him Horichi. Zenzizi BB. So this Horichi guy wounds Randy Weaver, Kevin Harrison, and kills Weaver's wife, Vicky. Now that's the big deal. And there's a there's a throw. Yeah, I got that. Okay. I do. Yeah, because that's really that is a up. Sh- fucked up beyond. So anyway, Randy Weaver, he was a white separatist. He'd been targeted by the federal government after failing to appear in court to face charges related to his selling of two illegal sawed off shotguns to an alcohol, tobacco and firearms informant a.k.a. the ATF. Mm-hmm. On August 21st, 1992, after a period, period of surveillance, U.S. Marshals came upon Harrison, Weaver, Weaver's 14-year-old son, Sammy, and the family dog, Stryker. They were on a road near the Weaver property. This marshal shot and killed the dog, prompting, oh. prompting Sammy to fire at the marshal. Sammy is the 14-year-old, by the way. By the way, you shoot my dog, I'm shooting you. I, of course. Right. Stand your ground. They were on their property. Yep. In the ensuing gun battle, Sammy and U.S. Marshal Michael Deegan were shot and killed. So that 14-year-old son is dead. The dog is dead, and the marshal are dead. Jeez. And a tense standoff ensued. Now, any time a federal agent is killed, the FBI shows up, and that's where they came in on August 22nd. They besieged Ruby Ridge. Now, later that day, Harris Weaver and his daughter Sarah left the cabin allegedly for the purpose of preparing Sammy's body for burial, Mm. the 14-year-old. FBI sharpshooter Lon Harucci was waiting 200 yards away and opened fire, allegedly because he thought Harrison was armed and intending to fire in a helicopter in the vicinity, which is... There's video of this, and there's there's, there's no so way. much there's so much behind this that it could have entailed its own episode, and maybe down the road we'll we'll dive back. But this really sucks. So, um, the group ran to the shed where Sammy's body was lying, the dead fourteen year old. When they attempted to escape from the shed back to the cabin, Harichi fired again, wounding Harrison as he dove through the door and killing the wife who was holding the door open with one hand and cradling her infant daughter. With the other, Harichi claimed he didn't know that Vicky Weaver was standing behind the door. I smell bullshit. Harris Weaver and Weaver's three daughters surrendered nine days later. In 1993, Weaver and Harris were acquitted by a federal court on murder, conspiracy, and other charges related to Deegan's death. That's a big deal. Yep. Mm -hmm. But Weaver was convicted of failing to appear for trial on the firearms charge. In 1994, the two men filed federal civil rights cases against the FBI and U.S. Marshals stemming from the siege. And in 1995, the government settled Weaver's case for $3.1 million, which is, a, wow. is huge. It's that, an admittance of guilt, essentially. It is a huge mm-hmm. admit. If somebody does that nowadays, a lot of times, like we had that video of the guy, the, the black guy who was pulled over and then he got shot. Mm-hmm. 
for some reason that didn't, but this did. I, I just there. This, Sorry, we killed your whole family. Right. right. This controversial standoff spawned a nationwide debate on the use of force by federal law enforcement agencies, and a U.S. Senate panel accused the federal agencies involved of substantial failures in their handling of the Ruby Ridge operation. A particular controversy was an FBI rule of engagement implemented at the beginning of the Ruby Ridge siege that stated any armed adult male observed in the vicinity of the Weaver cabin could and should be killed, which is bullshit. Bullshit. It was a it was a gun deal. It's like if somebody was on like an underground Craigslist and sold something to someone. This is excuse me. This is the crap that makes me mad when I do research and I'm just yeah. like, "Really?" But this is where we came from, really, folks. Um, There were also rumors that the FBI had engaged in a cover-up regarding the Ruby Ridge operation. And then it was verified that E. Michael Cahoe, the former chief of the FBI's violent crime section, pleaded guilty to obstruction of justice in 1996. So Cahoe, who had destroyed an official bureau critique of the standoff was sentenced to 18 months in prison which is so rare yeah like you really don't see a lot of justice happening no so this seems a bit much for a guy selling some guns to his buddy but anyway america fuck yeah let's take a break you know it's not against law to buy a firearm it's not against law to, to buy anything that they sell at a gun show and when this is all resolved, you know, hey, yellow sheet is legal. An accusation is not. And bringing these tanks and stuff around here, I tell you what, being an American first, I'm the kind of guy that I'll stand in front of a tank. You can run over me, but I'll be biting one of the tracks. No one's going to hurt me or my family. That's, 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 that's American policy here. You could have arrested me any day as I jog up and down this road. You could have arrested me going to town or going to Walmart. Waco is going to bear witness against the ATF. The two agents across the street over here, uh, Robert Gonzalez, I love the guy. I was honest with him. I brought him into my home. He was going to stay here for two weeks. All this stuff you may, you guys may want to avoid and deny, you know. You know, he wanted a tour around a place. I promised him a tour. He could have talked to any of these guys around here, anybody. He was free to come and go as he chose. And I do not appreciate it, and never will I ever appreciate somebody coming here with two helicopters and cattle cattle trailers and all that and uh, pushing people around with guns. Hey, I'll meet you at the doorstep any day, you know, and somebody will get hurt. If you want to keep playing that game, I'm talking to you. Somebody's going to get hurt. Because this ain't America anymore when the ATF has that kind of power to come into anybody's home and kick doors down and things like that. So that was David Koresh there in one of his final videos actually recorded. In fact, I think that is the last video before him and his family are all murdered. Jeez. Hmm. So let's get into the real truth here, ladies and gentlemen. All the guns that David Koresh bought, by the way, were legal. Now, as in Ruby Ridge, there was an illegal gun sale. He purchased these all legally. Mm-hmm. And their whole stake was that, oh, he's doing illegal gun stuff. We're the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms junior bacon cheeseburger division. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what about the child abductions and underage sex? Well, technically, at the time, it was all legal in Texas to shack up with your 15-year-old bride, as long as the parents were cool with it, and they were. None of the 21 children released from the compound in the early stages of the 51-day siege had signs of abuse or reported that. Texas Child Protective Services officials said and claimed this, by the way, the children had been physically and psychologically examined. Still, officials said lack of evidence does not mean abuse did not occur because young young victims often keep it secret. Now... I've seen videos of these people later. None of them seem phased, mm. especially in that department. Mm. According to all reports, the ATF wanted this Waco, basically, to redeem themselves after, after Ruby Ridge. They expected it to only take a day to take the compound and in true government <clears throat> idiocy, let the press know they were coming before the raid. And in the end, the press was actually there 30 minutes before the raid started. Don't. Um, because there wasn't a set time. So the Branch Davidians, they had full knowledge of them incoming, and they had knowledge because the press was already <laughs> reporting right. that there was heat on Koresh and his compound. What's going to happen? I don't know. Turn on CNN. Right. Exactly. Uh, the U.S. has uh, how many nuclear missiles? Okay, cool. We know what to expect. <laughs> they go to the window and they're like, hi. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty much. I mean, I can imagine the kids walking up and being like, oh, cool. I want to get my picture taken with Sung Young CNN lady. <laughs> um, so anyway, after f- four ATF agents die in firefights, mm. the FBI was called in and with them come the big guns or the mm-hmm. tanks. Meanwhile, the people are told they're free to go, but end up getting arrested. So even though like 30 people left during this whole raid... They still got arrested. There were still legal fees. They still had that shit and all the other oh. crap that comes with it. So, um, while the Branch Davidians are being held in their compound, the ATF come out looking like a bad street theater performance of the naked gun as one man on a ladder misplaces his gun, falls off, and accidentally shoots himself <laughs> in the legs. <laughs> Perfect. In uh, fact, that happened more than once. Really? Oh a couple God. of real Leslie Nielsens, if you will. <laughs> Meanwhile, the ATF are being shitheads by blasting the sound of bunnies being killed, which is hard to sleep to it, I imagine. It is. There was a episode of last podcast that did a great um, breakdown of this whole siege. And um, during that, they actually played the sound that they were playing, the sound of the bunnies being killed. I am not going to subject our listeners to about that because I literally uh, no, well, fired my fired the earbuds out of my ears because it is the most disgusting, gut wrenching sound you've heard. And if you like bunnies, nobody needs to hear that. Well, I was going to say just for uh, the sake of knowing, we I mean we could probably play for like a couple seconds just just to think about this is the sound they hear and this is how they had to listen to this while they're trying to sleep and whatnot. I mean, put ourselves in their boots. (laughs) So, but yeah, I've seen Hawk videos and the scream is the same. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that really bothered me when I saw that. So, 
Um, By the way, there's probably someone who's made a heavy metal metal band out of that. I'm sure. Eventually, a lot of talk starts to happen between negotiators and David Koresh, and, and eventually he does, in fact, agree for them to come out, but insists he's having a vision from God and needs to finish... Uh, writing Ugly. the seven seals. Ugly. So now, as this is say, it, it's progress. I mean, if you want to get these people to come out, you want to do it peacefully, mm-hmm. obviously. Especially when the press is there, it, right. they're all there. <clears throat> they're they're basically right next to them. Um, now who knows if it was a ploy to just gain some time? There was one humpbacked gargoyle in office who wanted to put a swift end to this all, and its name was Janet Reno. Oh, (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) She allowed 10 times the regular dosage of CS gas to be released in the compound, let alone send in the tanks. Scrape my goopy vagina. Now, does anyone know about CS gas? No, I don't. You would be the one to know. I would. Um, According to Wikipedia, the compound... uh, Two-chlorobenzalmalonetril, also called O-chlorobenzaladine-malonetril, chemical <laughs> formula, blah, 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 a cyanocarbon is the defining component... Is that me? Yeah. Of course. Um... <laughs> A cyanocarbon, it's the defining component of a tear gas commonly referred to as CS gas. Now, this is according, like I said, to Wikipedia, which is used as a riot control agent. Exposure causes a burning sensation, tearing of the eyes, and to the extent that the subject cannot keep their eyes open, and a burning irritation of the nose, mouth, and throat, mucous membranes causing profuse coughing, mucus nasal discharge, disorientation, and difficulty breathing. And most importantly, panic. Yes, partially mm-hmm. incapacitating the subject. CS gas is an aerosol of a volatile solvent, a substance that dissolves other active substances and that easily evaporates, and which is a solid compound at room temperature. So CS gas is generally accepted as being non-lethal, but... <laughs> ten times the lethal, uh, the dosage? Ten times the dosage is wow. going to be bad. It was first synthesized by two Americans, Ben Corson and R- Roger Stroff, at Middlebury College in 1928, and the chemical's mm-hmm. name is derived from the first letters of the scientist's surname, so CS. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, at approximately 6 a.m. on April 19, 1993, the FBA began spraying them. Soon thereafter, the Branch Davidians began firing weapons for more than five hours. Armored vehicles, some of which punched holes into walls, deposited 400 tear gas canisters canisters into the compound at 1140 at 1140 a.m. The assault ended. Now, let me give you guys a brief synopsis before I continue here. As I was in the service, one of the things that you have to do in boot camp before you can graduate is you have to go through CS gas training. I was in a group of about 25 in a room that looked like a nasty, dingy dungeon cell, and they unleashed the gas on us and we had to take our masks off. We had to wear the mask while the gas was in the air so we could see that the masks worked. Mm -hmm. And then they would, in masks, come up to us and tell us to take ours off. So we had to take ours off and then just grin and bear it. Now, is it terrifying? It was, yes. And that's um, in a controlled 
that is not a that's a controlled dosage. That's not that's one time. Okay, <clears throat> one time the dosage. And, and, and took, you know you're not going to die, right? But and as it's a still smo- terrifying. as a smoker, they told people that if you're a smoker, it's going to be like three times worse. No boy. So I took my masks my mask off, and the first probably ten seconds, I was fine. I just felt the burning on my cheeks, and then when I got my first real solid draft in i could not breathe i literally and i wasn't i wasn't being i wasn't trying to be a pussy but like i watched black goop come straight out of my lungs and land on my chest and then on top of that i on top of not being able to breathe i couldn't see i was crying like profusely like my cum is black yeah and so was the shit on my chest it looked like a big tall seven foot Five black man shot a big load on my chest if it was chocolate. <laughs> chocolate cum. So chocolate cum. Bend over. Well, Some say dry I would, while I others have, feel I, the pain. Chocolate cum. I would have to get out of that pain. But anyway, all all you military guys out there listening, you know what I'm talking about. That sucks. So some 25 minutes later, after the assault ended, the Branch Davidians set several fires, and a 12.25 p.m. gunfire was heard inside the compound. Due to safety concerns, firefighters were not allowed into the area what for another the f- 15 minutes. So they... S- There's fires. They set the fucking fires. Right. That sounds like mass murder to me. And in 15 minutes, the compound was beyond saving. <clears throat> wow. While nine people wild. managed to escape, the rest nine. died. Plus the 30 that let motherfuckers. Investigators have ultimately found 75 bodies, 25 of which belonged to children. A number of the deceased had been fatally shot, including Koresh. While some of the wounds appeared to be self-inflicted, <laughs> others did not. God. I love you, but man. There is thermal imaging of the fire, and the FBI yeah. swears that no shots were fired, but the video shows, shows different. Yep. One of the tanks. So they actually, set the fucking fire and then suppressed him with gunfire to keep him in the building. Right. <laughs> One of the tanks actually rolled over. There was a bunker, a special bunker inside where all the women and children hid. It effectively mm. rolled over top of that and trapped them to their final demise. Oh, the, excellent. Whole, the whole thing was a shit show, and then there were huge fireballs. So Janet Reno was grilled by Representative Sonny Bono at a hearing, but of course, ah, I'm sorry, she got I, off. I, I forgot he was. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I saved that for you. Oh my gosh, did he sing to her? No, he didn't. But of course, she got off scot free, and the whole thing is a tragedy. Surprise, surprise, and a brown streak on the tidy whities of America. Also, when the ATF and FBI finished the raid, now this is this is a terrible point, but when they finished that raid, now. Outside of the compound, there was a there was a flag. Okay, they took the Branch Davidian star flag down and put up an ATF flag. Oh my! Because fuck yeah, dude. Because we won the victory. You guys were horrible to fight with, and we won or something. Or this is Ages of Empires or something. Anyway, that's mm. how alcohol, tobacco, and firearms roll. And those are also the three major food groups of the USA. So, well, they're my th- three. Food favorite groups. food groups oh yeah for sure now i want to give you guys a quick update because i think sometimes when we cover stuff we don't necessarily cover kind of the modern day thing um, we do 
but I don't think we've with, with with something like this that just it's not necessarily a conspiracy. Although there are cons- there are questions, there are oh, lifelong yeah. questions beyond oh, yeah. behind this. Like, why did they do this? Could they have handled this differently? <laughs> Was there something else involved? Was there? I mean, there's 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 also a theory because some of the uh, FBI agents were actually Secret Servicemen who worked for Bill Clinton. <laughs> So what are they doing there? Blow What's jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're there for blowjobs, <laughs> right. obviously. In the butt. Right. So there's an update from theguardian.com that was published. Now, granted, this isn't modern day, but this is October 2003, so it's 10 years afterwards. Right. Now, according to this report, when inside Mount Caramel, there is now, as of 2003, a tiny one-room visitor center chronicling the events and photographs and text pinned to the walls that describe that day. Well, not the day of the siege. Right. Of the survivors, some have moved on. Some are mm. still in prison, indicted on charges of conspiracy to murder and also because of murder. Stupid. And some, including Koresh's mother, Bonnie Hadleman, remain in Waco, committed to the Davidians' leader's ideology. Although those left at Mount Carmel insist that they are not evangelizing, Ron Goins has only been around for five years and is already a convert. Describing himself as a volunteer, he says he was traumatized by what happened. Quote, I believe David was a messenger from God, he says. Quote, we're all coming back. That's the promise. I believe in the resurrection. I believe I'm here for a reason. I'm not attracted by a cult. Unquote. On the site of the original compound stands a large white wooden church built this year by various well-wishers, including Goins. Opposite the church are a seven-foot-tall cypress tree with a plaque at the bottom, each commemorating a Davidian member who lost their life that day, or that period. Mm-hmm. One reads David Koresh, 33. The Davidians, who still attend church at Mount Carmel every Saturday, believe Koresh is coming back in the not-too-distant future. To them, he wasn't just a prophet. He was Christ. Quote, I know for a fact he was, unquote, says Catherine Madison, one of the survivors. The second coming of Christ was in 1959, the year David was born. Madison made headlines when a month before the fire, she carried a taped sermon of Koresh out of the compound as part of a deal brokered by the FBI. Now, Koresh did actually state during the siege that he wanted to have national TV attention. He wanted to talk yeah. to everybody. Mm-hmm. Basically say, this is fucked up. Now, mm-hmm. at some point, they actually put a sign out on the news and said, my God, we need the press. And the press, in turn, joked around and sent them a message back that said, my God, we are the press, as a joke. Ugh, because no one took them seriously, mm-hmm. even though they were getting shot at daily. And Jeez. listening to Bunny squeal. Um, <clears throat> uh, she carried this tape sermon from Crush out of the compound. And uh, they would give it national airplay in return for the release of Davidian members. It was broadcast on the Christian network in the U.S., but the day, the next day, Crush had changed his mind, telling negotiators God had told him to stay. Madison recalls the moment that the ATF first arrived. Quote, they were shooting when they came in. I went upstairs to the room, and all of a sudden, I could see three three helicopters in V formation firing. David's rooms were in the back of the building, and that's where they were firing. I didn't realize that for three months afterwards because of all the shock and commotion, but they were trying to kill him right then. By the way, they ran out of ammo that first, like, two hours. Holy shit. Because they fired so much on that compound. Holy cow. She said, I didn't want to leave... 
But David asked me to, because he'd made a tape and said he wanted the world to understand. The surviving Branch Davidians believe there will be an earthquake in Waco before Koresh arises from the dead. Hmm. We're nearing the end of days, Madison says. It will be in my lifetime. And also, her friend Clive Doyle agrees. He was too, he too was living in the compound under Koresh's leadership and was one of the nine to escape the blaze. He now lives in a trailer near the visitor center on Mount Carmel. On a scale model of the Davidian compound, he points to where government tanks smashed a hole in the wall of the chapel. Four of us came through, he says. I was badly burned and had to mm. have skin grafts on my hands. It was scary enough and quite an ordeal. The reason I'm still here is I know what went on and why we're here. And I want to explain this to people. I still believe in David. I lost a daughter and a lot of friends, mm. some of us whom I'd known for 30 years. Now, his daughter, Cherie was just 18 at the time. Perhaps one of the more sinister allegations leveled against Koresh was that he was marrying many of the female members of the group and having sex with some as young as 15. Asked whether Sherry was one of Koresh's wives, Doyle turns his head. I cannot answer that. If, If she wanted to, I would have supported her. David said every woman was his wife. Even if they didn't enter into a physical relationship with him, every man belonged to him as well. David did have every a hun- man or every woman, every man and every woman. Oh, every everybody just belonged wow. to him. Okay. David did have a hundred wives, but God told him to. Madison adds, mm. the youngest was around fifteen, but her parents agreed to the marriage. And the thing is, she didn't look fifteen, and she didn't act fifteen. If you don't, uh, that sounds like a pedophile excuse to me. <laughs> if you don't know the scriptures, you can't understand why he never took anybody that God didn't tell him to. David would tell us. Not to let and not to tell anybody else because they wouldn't understand. Quote, what is wrong with the world today is that there are no standards, she says. This is from Madison. Just look at the, what's happening on TV. Sex is everywhere and people say there's nothing wrong with, with it. That's what they're teaching the young people. The irony seems to be lost on her, obviously. Another allegation was that he beat children living on Mount Carmel. Doyle explains they, quote, said he used to beat them until they bled, which was a lie. He never hit anyone in anger. He encouraged parents to buy what he called Mother's Little Helper, basically a paddle. I had a Mother's Little Helper. Oh, hell yeah. Did mm-hmm. anybody remember getting paddled as a kid? Um, does a belt buckle count? It counts twofold. <laughs> then yes. You had an Indiana Jones dad. Uh, yeah. My, uh, my dad used to... Uh, the belt, the leather belt, but then it got to a point where I was spanked so much that it didn't hurt anymore, and so I remember one time I made the fatal mistake of laughing, mm. and so that's when they busted out the wooden cutting board. Now, if you need to use a weapon against a 55-pound kid, you really need to take a good, long look at yourself yeah. in the mirror. So Koresh told them that they needed to explain what the child had done wrong, paddle them, paddle them, and then love them. I remember one mar- mother didn't argue, uh, didn't agree with smacking her child, but one day she beat him until he bled, and then said, "I hope David's happy now." We all Jesus. told her that we wouldn't be happy that she had taken it so far. Each child was, 
Each child had a paddle with his own name on it, said Madison with a smile. Yeah, because those kids won't grow up with problems. <laughs> While their future as prophesied by Koresh seems assured in their minds, the future of Mount Carmel is far from certain. The ranch belongs to the Davidians, but the trusteeship of the land has been disputed over the years. The courts will eventually determine ownership after the survivors die, and there are expected to be competing factions among the Davidians and in other parts of the U.S. and abroad, mm. and among Seventh-day Adventists. Adventists, which is the what the Zen branch Divi- which is what the branch Davidians are broken off from. <clears throat> "Quote: I have no feelings about whatever happened here," Madison says, "and I don't regret anything. Even when I was looking at the fire, I didn't feel sad because I knew what was happening and why. In the dark ages, ages when they were killing Christians by putting them on poles and burning them, they would sing. Their minds weren't there, so they don't feel anything." God takes care of everything. I knew the people at Mount Carmel were singing, and if they were singing, their mind wasn't on fire. The children were singing, too. They knew the lions were going to tear them to pieces, but they knelt down and prayed, and they sang. Fuck my life in two pieces. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) What David taught was worth dying for, unquote. There's also some audio that came out recently in the last probably five years as another follow-up to nowadays of David saying that our members of the church saying they were going to burn the compound down. So there is evidence that maybe David knew and wanted them to go out in a blaze of glory. glory. So that adds more speculation to how and why the fire got so big and so Mm. fast, which is scary stuff. And it's a terrible incident in America's long, terrible history Mm -hmm. in some ways, but I'm feeling a little dry, so I'm thinking I need a little... It's time for the Pop Culture Minute with Josh! Sonic Sonic Boom! Man, this keeps getting better and better every week. We got a message from a guy who was like, Yeah, your burps sound like nails on a chalkboard, and... (laughs) That's for you, sir. That's fuel for Larry. Oh. <laughs> Those are all on soundboards. I guarantee there's like one or two, maybe mini burps during an episode, but almost all of them are just Marty burps on a loop. Oh, oh man. Well, that was me. You should be proud, sir. Mm-hmm. I I just have uh, I have this one thing here. Uh, and this is actually, this was announced uh, a, a little, actually, it was about a year ago that uh, Taylor Kitsch, Kitsch. Right, Saturday, our Friday Night Lights football player star, mm-hmm. was also in uh, John Wick, John, uh, John, John Jay, Carter uh, of Mars, John Carter, the Dis- failed Disney, uh, he was the main character. That was a real one. Lawrence. Uh, anyways, he's to play <laughs> David Koresh in oh. a Weinstein uh, limited series called Mini-series. Oh, I'm so in. Yeah, but it's also got uh, it's got Taylor Kish as David Koresh, but it's got Michael Shannon, one of my favorite actors, as like the lead FBI guy, and then it's got Ludacris. It's got Ludacris as uh, the guy that did the calling to the local the nine one one calls. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is going to work. Actually, I love Ludacris. I just wonder. 
Do we Hands up. have an idea as to when this will be out? Because that was over a year ago. Though it takes a little while. I mean, yeah, I, I would. Series is going to be would, like many hours of of content, right? Um, but yeah, there's oh. there's also the movie Red Red State by Kevin Smith, which came out um in 2011. Has it which, been that long? Wow. It's been a little while, which all the, uh, by the way, um, R.I.P. Michael Parks, who is a great actor who did a lot of Kevin Smith movies. He plays the lead as uh, Abe and Cooper in that movie. Um, the Red State's a great movie. It's one of like the few really great, not few, I, Kevin Smith's been about 50-50. Yeah. This movie is... Just all the first 50 were all up front. <laughs> then the other 50's all on the back end. The religious, it's a, it's basically a set in middle America. It's about a group of teens who receive an online invitation for sex and soon encounter fundamental religious extremists with a much sinister, more sinister agenda. But sex. They get trapped in a compound and then lo and behold, the bunch of ATF guys show up and try to make it beneficial to them. Similar. To, it's so Waco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Which check it he out. would have been... Well, Kevin Smith, yeah, he would have been what his twenties when that happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, um, I think I sent it to you. But what was the other thing that I sent you? It was a YouTube clip. Oh, there's a there's a documentary that everyone should check out called Witness to Waco. It's an MSNBC documentary. Um, Libra Media. Well, Libra Media. Sometimes they can tell a good story. Hmm. It's fake news. Anyway, yeah, those are three like main main thingies that you should definitely check out if you're into the Waco thing. Obviously, there's plenty. I mean, there is a sea of knowledge to be had when it comes to this case. And even though I kind of covered the main like ten years after and a little bit of today, mm-hmm. um, there's countless um, articles audio stuff there's Koresh sermons you can listen to the man was a good talker he wasn't want me to throw in a clip when i edit this sure okay sure well and unfortunately this is something we we still see even uh recently i mean was it last year or two years ago there was that incident with those with those guys um Holding out on a piece of land in uh, in Wyoming, yeah, in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and that was only a couple of years the ago. New and- Far Cry game is based on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, uh, they were trying to arrest that uh, farmer for his cattle grazing on federal lands. Yeah, yeah. So they, how long did they hold that piece of God, property it was for? A while. I'm sure that's one of those we'll have to cover as well. The Bundy standoff? Yeah, the Bundy yep. standoff. Because that's, again, I feel mm, a little overreach by the government there. Right. <clears throat> they took over a Oregon Wildlife Refugee Building. It was Oregon, okay. An ARB group remains camped out in the headquarters of a national wildlife refugee in protest of the federal government. See, this is these are things that uh, we'll cover more and we'll try to you know suss out more. We covered a little bit of Ruby Ridge, but obviously Waco was the focus of this episode. This, yeah. These are things that are really scary as an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fun, the thing is. It's, you know, you, you can't graze on that federal land. My fucking taxes paid for that federal land. <laughs> oh. Well, and the thing I think that makes this the most scary is 
there is no debate as to whether it happened or not. It yeah. did. It's this is real stuff. It's yeah. So you know, yeah. What else? What, I mean, what what's else? The verdict. Say, you know. Well, this is my verdict. In your mind, is the government right, or was David Koresh right? If you had mm. to say, given what you've looked into as a person, and now I want to say, and this may be something that comes into this episode more than anything we've ever covered before. But nobody's wrong or right. This is just an opinion. This doesn't. This isn't in front of a judge, jury, and executioner. I'll start because this is a big question. So, it was the government right or was David Koresh right? Well, I think David Koresh was right. He was under. He didn't do anything wrong. Every single time that he was given the opportunity to come forward and and you know say what it was that was going on. He gave that to law enforcement. There was no reason other than their own, you know, influence, their own image for them to to do what they did. And when things got out of hand, they ended up having the attorney general stand in and step up and go, I'm too busy eating muff for me to make any more decisions other than just blast all these little kids with CS gas. <laughs> like Janet Reno obviously came out as a villain in that, but fuck her anyways. There wasn't any reason for it to get that far. What it should have been from the get-go, what it, sh- it should have been is them meeting with the ATF and just saying, hey, this is our compound. These are our guns. I bought them legally. If I sell them legally, that's okay. You can't mm-hmm. take them from me. Right. So this, look, I tend to lean super left on a lot of things, but this is one of those things where it's like, you guys fucked up big time. Mm-hmm. You made a big debacle out of it on the TV. I remember seeing it, and after researching it, I think he was in the right. I think he didn't do anything wrong, and then the, they destroyed people's lives. And it's mm-hmm. the only comfort I have in it is knowing that they were blindsided in their minds, maybe there was comfort in listening to their mom sing, you know, hymns to them mm. before they died, and oh, they felt ugh. the, you know, I it's it's a terribly sobering episode. But the truth is, I mean, that's just like when it comes down to the baseline. That's that's just how I feel. <laughs> God, Damn you it, are, Larry. you're making people's toes curl out there. <laughs> I I'm. I'm going to agree with you. I, uh, normally, I mean, and I said in the beginning, extreme religious people are the ones that bother me more, but I think that the fact of the matter is, is the government definitely overstepped their boundaries on this. I mean, if what everything he was doing was legal, why did they bust out? 10 times the amount of gas, why did they start it on fire? Why were they uh, unloading all this ammo on them? Especially if they're running out of ammo in the first few hours. That's ridiculous. If Ruby Ridge was bad, Waco was 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, It's like, no, you guys were trying to kill them. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They were out to kill these people. Mm -hmm. And knowing full well that there were uh, women and children in there, that's it just it bothers me a lot yeah. and so and normally yeah i would say like okay uh the the religious thing would bother me but if he was doing everything legally then yeah the government fucked 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously there's no denying that. Well, depending on your particular religious views, I mean, the fact that he's going to like come back and split Waco wide open like that's okay. Yeah, that's but that's a religious perspective. You can't pick and choose which religious perspectives coping mechanism as well exactly um yeah absolutely i think they completely overstepped and it was super unnecessary and yeah just totally wrong i suggested this one thinking hey i remember this from my child now i'm fucking regretting it yeah it's a it's a bummer i'm sorry Mm -hmm. hey guys out there Listen to a funny joke mm-hmm. after this episode. <laughs> uh, um, I, Waco. Well, Ruby Ridge was infuriating, and then they followed it up with this. And it's not illegal to be a little weird, and that's pretty much what they killed him for, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it was a, it was, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a shit stain on the whitey uh, tidies of America. There's no. There's disgusting. no really getting around it. I mean, yeah. I, it, the the media tried to portray them as religious fanatics, mm-hmm. or doom, and they were doomsday. so what? Yeah. But the thing was, okay. I don't think they were necessarily doomsday people. I think they were there because they believed that you know that their pastor was preaching them the good word. I mean, if if you're getting religious nourishment and ha- and your family's happy and everybody's mm-hmm. happy and there's no abuse and everything is legal, mm-hmm. then what? the fuck is wrong right well it really it's a case of uh you guys know murphy's law mm-hmm. yeah it's in the anything that can happen anything bad that can happen oh i thought you're talking about the tv show uh, well anything that ba- that Shut can up, be Candace bad that Burton. can happen can and surely will happen i i mean it also reminds me of cole's law do you know what that is I like coleslaw. It goes good with mashed potatoes God and damn it. Gravy. <laughs> Kill, you killed my dad joke. Son that was of a, a good bitch. one. Thank you for killing that dad joke right in the <sighs> right in the pooter. Yep. Well, that's been your fanciful episode about Waco. Uh, if there's anything you want to chime in and tell us, but Whew. feel free to look us up on Conspiracy Therapy on Facebook, Twitter at Conspiracy T Show. Um, there's also conspiracy therapy show at gmail.com. You can mm-hmm. email us and say, Hey, Ryan, I got a story about a cryptid and a ghost. Oh and my a, gosh. It sounds like a, a buffalo is in heat. <laughs> and a time that I, a time that I ran into an Android that was also working for the MK ultra program. I don't care. Send us an email. Buffalo? Tell us a story. We'd love to read it on air. We are happy people. I thought, I thought, I thought I would start just because we don't. Usually you go with us first, but Josh, <laughs> when you're not snorting lines of coke, um, what are you doing? Ah, uh, well, lots of things, I guess. Trying to make dad jokes that you kill them. That that that. Sorry. Try to try to make a fun moment out of this all, and you just kind of killed it. Anyways, you can find me and most of you guys and other people on the Stiff Joystick Podcast, a video game podcast. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud, where we talk about Nintendo Switches. 
Wow. Uh, well, if you like wrestling history or just listening to us dick around for an hour, <laughs> yeah, uh, come find us on the Body Slam mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. We would love to hear from you and get some feedback. This episode's next week, right? This one? Yes. yes. I want to tease the newest Potty Slam is pretty intense. Oh, it is. It's, it's a good one. It's great. our predictions episode for SummerSlam. And we have some pretty interesting... Uh, Painful, painful, painful. Some are painful, some are disgusting, and some are humiliating. Yes. I was shocked. Larry? Beefispodcast.net if you like baseball history. I thought you were going to say beaver. I'm like, beaver! (laughs) That's going on the sound bar. That's a different Uh, podcast. Yeah. The V-Spot. That's what that podcast is. (laughs) Anyways, Eva's podcast if you like baseball history. Also, um, Beer City Media. Yeah, we didn't mention that. Check out uh, on and off again and on again. All the podcast, uh, Bud Miles show. Yeah, Bud Miles coming back, making a making a comeback. Bet you he'll get riled up over this episode. Yeah. Additionally, speaking of comings and goings and comings. Stop it. I see your trigger finger. Um, in the next couple of months, we're getting really excited for Grand Rapids Comic Con. Yes. Um, we are set up to visit and speak with some of their guests, who include Billy D. Williams from Star Wars, Kane Hodder from the Jason... Uh, Friday the 13th mm-hmm. movies. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo, yes. Uh, we'll be talking to them, getting some really cool interviews uh, regarding some conspiratorial, conspiratorial paranormal, por- paranormal it, it, stories. I'm excited to interview the goers of this. Yes. Yeah. Because let's be real, people at cons get a little weird. So if any of our local Michigan listeners are planning on going to the Grand the Midwest. Con, yeah, it, a lot of, it draws come from Illinois, as Ryan yeah. would call it. Illinois. <laughs> uh, w- we're going to be Tuxin. there. We're going to be walking around and uh, we're planning on we're having shirts made. Yep. For us, yep. Great. so I have to you wear can a shirt. see where we. <laughs> Sorry, Larry. you can see us and know Ryan can't who we poop. Are. Then we could just shave the logo into your chest hair, and you could you walk around like that. Probably more in my back hair. <laughs> How about butt hair? Ew. Nobody likes butt hair. So in the butt. yeah, that in is a big announcement for us. We will be at the Grand Rapids <laughs> Comic Con this year in October, and we cannot wait to meet some new people. And just preach the gospel of conspiracies and all the other nonsense that happens on the Beer City Media Network. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, yes. hopefully we'll see you there. Um, and that's about it. Does anybody have anything they want to add to this episode before we call it a day on this week of our episode? Get Legend of Zelda, people. Get a Switch. <laughs> you don't even have it, and you're like preaching about it. <laughs> Well, both of you yahoos are constantly like, oh, Nintendo, oh, God, oh, Legend of Zelda. I, the guy who I rub, my, I rub the, my flank steak off to this. Oh, God. <laughs> Different the, podcast. Said the guy in make got, who got a platinum and selling a bunch of stuff well, in like an hour. I got a platinum hour. deal making. <laughs> Was it bad, though? No, you did good. I got my platinum and burgering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. Have a good week. Just like Banquet Tin State, I can still hear the shots ring in my head.
This is but a presentation of Beer City Media.